Blog Talk Radio.
So welcome once again to our, what is this, Thursday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio, our call-in number, 619-638-8458, wherever you're at um, across the globe, um, if you need prayer for anything, um, please give us a call. Um, I'm Sean Holmberg, along with Paul Pintor, we'll be joined um, possibly later in the evening by Chris Herzog and... There's no telling who else the Holy Spirit will have come upon the show. Um, so if you can't make it to a phone, you can email your prayer request to prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, Father God, Jesus, we give this next two hours to you, Father, that you would be glorified. Father, that you would exalt the name of Jesus tonight. Father, confirm your words in the hearts and in the lives of every person listening, Lord. Father, wherever they have a point of need, Lord, for you, Father, we come into agreement, Lord, asking that you would meet them at the point of their need, Father, that your presence would fill every one of them, Lord. Father, that your presence, your Kabbat glory, Lord, would fill the places where they're sitting even now, Lord. Father, that your hand would reach out and touch them, Lord. Father, that you would touch their hearts, Lord. Take out the hearts of stone and give them a hearts of flesh, Father. Father, let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, Lord, so they could know what is the hope of their calling. Holy Spirit, give them wisdom and revelation into the knowledge of you. Declare unto them their birthplace, their inheritance, Father, in you. Declare unto them their identity, Father, not the identity that the world would give them, Lord, but the identity that comes through your words, Lord, through the words of Jesus Christ, Father, where you said that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and you said that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places of Christ. Father, tonight, let, Lord, let your word go out to every nation, Father. Lord, raise up men and women, children, Father. Raise up intercessors, Father. Raise up evangelists. Raise up prophets and teachers, Lord. Raise up missionaries and pastors, Father. Lord, and in the workplace, Father, raise up men and women who are not ashamed, Father, but can boldly proclaim your word to those around them, Lord. Father, we ask tonight for an anointing on every person listening, Lord. Father, that you would anoint their hands, Father. Lord, anoint their feet, Father. Anoint their mouths, Lord. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Father. Jesus, we give you all the praise, all the glory. Jesus, we give you all the honor. For the word declares that you are given the name which is above every name. That at your name every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that you are Lord. So, Father, tonight we rest in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, we give you complete and total control over this broadcast. Asking only, Father, that you would glorify the Lord Jesus Christ through it. Once again, our call-in number, 619-638-8458. Um, We're going to start taking prayer requests, um, come back, see what the Holy Spirit has for us, and we will be back in just a few minutes. 
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Uh, this is our global ministry to the nations on behalf of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Um, our call in number is 619-638-8458. That's 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something tonight, um, give us a call. Um, right now we have me, Sean Holmberg, Paul Pintor, and for a little while, um, until he has to pick up his wife, um, Chris Herzog. Um, so it's, we usually don't play this much music on this show, but, um, we just, I felt led to actually, um, play Misty Edwards, um, cause you know, all afternoon I was thinking about the broadcast, um, the whole last half of the afternoon and I just kept seeing um the word fire in my head um and in my spirit and um the music's really anointed um it's by Misty Edwards who is a worship leader at um um the International House of Prayer in um Kansas City, Missouri. If you've um never had a chance to um if you've never heard of the International House of Prayer um, what some people actually call IHOP for short, it's a um, 24-hour prayer house where people from all over the world will travel to this little town of Kansas City, Missouri to be in the presence of God, to intercede on behalf of nations. Um, they have live worship going 24 hours a day. Um, you can actually even watch it for free if you go to their website. Um, and, you know, these people, um, they don't get paid for what they do. Um, Missy Edwards, um, doesn't get paid for the music she sings. She has tons of CDs out there, but, um, from what the last time I, last I, um, was told all the money just ends up going back into the ministry. Um, because for her, it's, um, it's not about the, um, it's not about the fame. It's not about the money. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about her pouring her heart out to him, um, being a worshiper. Um, you know, I've said it a couple of times before on the broadcast is that um, worship isn't something that we do on Sunday mornings because we go to church and we sit there for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour worshiping because it's that time of day and that particular day that we worship. But, you know, Jesus said the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because the Father is spirit and those that worship him is worship him in spirit and in truth. And worship isn't necessarily an action, it's a lifestyle. It's an overflow of the of the relationship and the love you have for the Lord. It's an outpouring of your relationship that you can't help but um express, you know, in um the book of John, Jesus was talking to a lady at a well and you know, some of you've heard this story um about the Samaritan woman and she asked him or he asked her for some a drink of water from the well. And she said, how is it that you asked of me to give you a drink? And Jesus looked at her and he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living, wa living water. 
And the woman said, it doesn't matter what the woman said. Jesus answered her a couple verses later and said, whoever drinks of this regular water in the well will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know, it says in Isaiah, it says, um, let me actually um, turn there so I can give you the right verse. Um, and I wish I could find it. Um, so I guess you're just going to have to trust me. It says, why do you spend your money for what's not bread? Um there's way too many people in this world who are spending their money on things that can never satisfy them, on things that will never bring them peace. Okay, it's um, Isaiah 55. It says, "How oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. Um, you know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, you know, something about sitting in the presence of the living God. Um, just worshiping him. Just being in his presence. Just basking in the presence of God. Um, there's something um, indescribable about the glory of the Father and the change that happens in your life, the change that happens on the inside when you're in the presence of the living God. And, um, you know, bondages are broken, chains are loosed, people get healed. Um, People never get healed because there's a good preacher or a good anybody. Because, you know, Jesus said to a man who said, good teacher, Jesus looked at him and he said, why do you call me good? No one is good but the Father. And we know that Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And, you know, none of us here on the earth um, are anything of our own. Everything we have is a gift of God. It's because of the grace and the mercy of God poured out into the lives of ordinary human beings that have been placed in an extra, or extraordinary position as being called children of the living God, being seated with Christ in heavenly places, as it says in the Bible. We have been blessed beyond all measure, beyond all comprehension. It says in Corinthians, I has not seen, nor has the ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. The Bible says we love him be, not because we wanted to, but because he first loved us. Not because we were looking for him, not because we were seeking after him and searching the corners of the earth for God. But when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says in, you know, in John 3:16, the verse that everybody knows, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We're compelled because of the love of the Father poured out into our life. And we receive the gift of salvation through this Jesus Christ who has been seated at the right hand of the Father. 
mind, we have been anointed with his Holy Spirit. Blessed with beyond comparison, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, it doesn't matter. Any blessing that there could possibly be has been given to us. We have open, and beyond that, we have open access to the throne room of the living God. As it says in Hebrews, come, or in Romans, come boldly to the throne. Maybe it's Hebrews. It says, "Come boldly to the throne room, to the come boldly to the throne of grace, in which you're accepted in a time of need." And you know, whoever, wherever you're at tonight, whatever you need from the Lord, now is the time to call out to Him. Now is the time to lift your hands up to him. Now is the time to surrender everything to him. Um, so we're going to go into a little bit of more time of um, worship, not because we really don't have anything to say, but just because being in his presence can speak far more into your um, life, into your heart, than Anything else that we could come up with um, We're going to get into some prayer in just a few minutes um, For um, a couple of the people in the chat room So we will be right back
like at the 11 o'clock hour Chris would get on, I would jump immediately off so I could go to bed, and he would start preaching a message that the Holy Spirit gave him, which turned out to be usually more than likely on the same theme or tone of what I had just spoke about, because the Holy Spirit had given us the um, exact same words. And just a minute ago, like, while that last song was playing, um, I had this um, scripture I was going to read, and then Paul just pretty much just started talking about it, and none of us are in the same, like, city right now, but um, Paul just, like, posted pretty much the exact same scripture in the chat room, so I guess that means that I'm on the right track. Um, hey, so we're talking. <laughs> the song was talking about the fire of God, and you know something I was going to say earlier, probably like two songs ago, is that um, you know Jesus is alive and He's coming back, and you know a lot of times we um, as Christians get into this mentality that um, that He's up there and we can pray and we can hope that He can do something. But, you know, that's not what the scripture, the scripture said he is an ever-present help in the time of need. We were, he he went, he ascended to heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and it says he makes intercession for the saints. He said that it's to your advantage I go away, because if I don't go away, I to the, the Holy Spirit. And he sent us the Holy Spirit of the living God, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Comforter, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. The ministry of Christ is still present in this earth today, no matter what you've been told by anybody on the face of this planet. The works that Jesus started, he's still doing even now. People are still getting healed. The blind eyes are still open. The lame still walk. The dead are still raised. And people are still set free from bondages and sin and demonic oppression because the name of Jesus has been exalted and magnified. The, the Bible says that God came to him in the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess that he is Lord. And what that means is no matter what your situation is, the name of Jesus has been exalted above it. No matter what infirmity, what mountain you're facing, it doesn't matter because the name of Jesus was exalted above it. And this is the ministry of Jesus. In Isaiah 61, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he, the Lord, has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound. You know, if you're brokenhearted, <laughs> Jesus is here. If you're a captive of anything, whether it's an addiction or sin or whatever, whether if you feel like you're in some kind of prison right now, the Lord is here. It says in verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. You know, the Bible says now is the accepted time. The day is the day of salvation. It says, to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. 
You know, we walk around sometimes way too much with a spirit of depression and despair on us saying, oh, woe is me, when what we really need to be doing is, like it says in Romans chapter 8, to walk in the spirit and taking the despair and depression and casting it off of us, lifting our voices, lifting our hands to the Lord and declaring the liberty that Christ Jesus has already given to us. Because no matter what it is, it was paid for on the cross of Calvary, and you have been freed. You have been set free from the way, from the bondages of sin. You've been set free from the bondages of death. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. There's no reason for one more day, for one more second, to live with whatever it is you're living with. All you need to do is come to the Lord, trust that he's able and willing to fulfill his word, which he is and able to do. The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. So if you need prayer, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We have a couple people who are calling in, so we're going to go answer some prayers, um, and then we will be right back.
Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, touch every person who's listening right now with your Holy Spirit, Father. Fill them with your fire, Lord. Fill them with your all-consuming presence, Lord. Fill them with your glory, Lord. Cover every one of them, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. For those who are in the hospital beds right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we command complete and total healing over their bodies. From the crowns of their heads to the soles of their feet, Father, we command complete and total healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I don't know if anybody out there has someone who's in the hospital right now. But for some reason, I just kept keep wanting kept wanting to pray for someone who was in a hospital bed. Um, maybe you're listening. Um, um, we've had Andrew in the hospital. Ah, that must be why. Um, uh, kidney stones. Uh, we prayed for him last night, and we led him to the we led him to the Lord. Um, According to John 3, 3, unless you are born again, you will not enter the kingdom. Um, Just because you've been baptized in water, that does not enter you into the kingdom of God. It's no different than going to the state fair of Kansas, the state fair of Kansas or Texas, and spending one dollar to be dunked in the water at the balloon pool. Um, that's not going to get you to heaven. Amen. You know, as I, mentioned, as I mentioned last night, just because you go down to Midway and get on the games and they put you up in that big old trash can on that seat bench and they throw a dollar at that target or a ball and you get dunked in the water, does that mean you're going to go to heaven? No, it doesn't. Um, okay. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. <laughs> I say that a lot tonight, don't I? Um, so if you don't mind. Is that where you got done? No, that's not. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here. Um, and you know, we're not always known for being politically religiously correct on this show because we really don't care what the devils of the world think. Um, we serve the living God. And we believe in the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and what the word of God declares um, we believe to be true um, as it is now. And it will be pretty much for eternity because, you know, Jesus said that um, the Bible declares that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, you know, Paul's right. Um, It says there's no other name given among Men by which they can be saved except for the name of Jesus Christ. It says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But Jesus said also, <laughs> there's a strong warning for those who would like to reject or refuse the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but, and we could get into that, but we're not. Uh, you know, but something I am going to say is about obedience. Um, something I was thinking about earlier. You know, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, what does that mean? It means that you could give away everything you have. You could be the most giving person on the face of this planet. Um, But it doesn't mean anything if you don't have obedience, if you're not obedient to his word. You know, in the Old Testament, they had the 
Ten Commandments, and then they had a couple hundred commandments. Um, but, you know, in the old days, the Lord God wrote his law on tablets of stone. But it says in the New Testament, he said he's written not on, he's written on our hearts. And it says that we are living epistles written not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is the heart. And, you know, what the Lord has done has given us the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when it comes to obedience, um, I'll put it very bluntly, whatever the Lord God tells you to do, you do. And he may tell one person to do one thing or, or a certain way. He may tell another person to do something completely different. Um, but be obedient to the Lord. Um, read what the Word of God says. Um, if you don't have a Bible, um, email us, call us. We'll make sure you have one um, within a day or two. But, you know, if you want to know what God thinks about something, you need to go straight to the Word of God and figure out. Don't just listen and don't just believe what someone tells you. Go straight to the source. Go to the Word of God and figure out what God said for himself. And then go seek the Lord until you get an answer from him about whatever it is. Um, there's far too many people, and this is the whole, like, political or the socially incorrect part is that you know I don't really care what doctrines men want to preach because the only doctrine that matters is the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus and the cross of Calvary that's all that matters none of the other stuff matters because doctrines come and go people believe in one thing and then they'll believe in the other but the only thing that is eternal is the Lord Jesus Christ that being said you know, Jesus died that we could be set free from sin. And it says we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. It says that we're supposed to cast off the old man, cast off the sin of the old man, and walk in the newness of life. It says in Romans, consider yourself to be dead, as, in, dead to sin and alive to God. Um, that being said, um, you know, there's been a lot of debate in the news re recently. I'm one of those news junkies that I read the news all the time. And, you know, um, I don't know the, the proper way to say this, but, um, you know, some people get all uptight or whatever about um, homosexuality, for example. Well, what do we think about here at Prayer International Radio? What does the Bible say about it? <laughs> and which, you know, the Bible makes it perfectly clear that it says that those practice those things will not enter their kingdom of heaven. Does that mean that God hates people who are homosexuals no god god loves people he hates the sin and but you know what that sin's no different than adultery it's no different than stealing it's no different than lying it's no different than any other sin um so before you point fingers you should first um make sure you set your, your yourself right before the lord um everybody sins everyone does um the bible says if anyone claims he's without sin he's a liar but it says we have, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so I understand that everybody out there um, at one time or another has sinned. Everybody has something that they need the Lord to deliver them from, whether it's a cocaine addiction or gambling or homosexuality or whatever else. The Lord can set you free. He can heal you. He can deliver you from whatever it is. And, that, and you know, that's what the scripture says. What this, what we don't believe in um, me. Mo I, the one thing that bothers me most of all is when people take something that the Bible declares to be sin and they turn around and say that it's okay. 
and then it become it becomes acceptable, and then they condone it, and then they actually um, um, make it like it's okay, and then they just sort of take the scriptures of the living God, and they just blot certain points out because they want everyone to be happy. Well, I mean, if you're not happy with the word, what, what the Word of God says, and if you don't want to believe what the Word of God says, then go find a different God to serve. You know, Elijah said, um, choose for this day who you will serve. Either if you want to serve the God of the Baals, then you know what, go serve them. If, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, you know, obedience is a really big thing because um, the difference between the Old Testament and now is that we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will lead you, and he'll direct you, and he'll guide you. And you need to be sensitive to be obedient to him, because he may tell you things in the middle of the night. He may tell you to go this direction or go this direction. He may tell you he wants to give you, wants you to give $5 to someone to bless them, and you, you have no idea why you want to give them $5. It's your last $5, but, you know, you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to do it. And you're sort of struggling yourself. Well, the Bible says you need to be obedient to the Lord in all things. And if you can't learn to be obedient in the small things, when it comes to really big things, um, you never will. And it has to start somewhere. I mean, you can't proclaim that you want it, that you're always obedient to the Lord and you're following the Lord if you're being disobedient in things that are like simple, simply put in the Scripture. I mean, we talked a lot this week about tithing. You know, the Bible says um, don't rob God. Um, so if the Bible says to tithe, you should tithe. Where do you where do you tithe to? Doesn't matter. But the Bible says do it. Um, so you find somewhere to tithe to, and you tithe to it because the Bible said to. The Bible says not to sin. Don't sin. Um, everybody's gonna sin, but um, you should you should your heart should be to serve the Lord, and to not serve your flesh. And if you look at your life, you should be able to look at your life and line it up with the scriptures. And see if your life is fitting what the scripture says of those who are walking in the spirit. You know, um, it says in um, Romans 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law cannot do that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of simple flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. What that means is every single sin, the price was paid on the cross of Calvary. But that doesn't mean we can walk in sin anymore just because our sins are forgiven. Just because we're, justif we're justified and sanctified and declared righteous before the Father through the blood of the living God doesn't mean we have free license to do whatever we want or to have any lifestyle we want. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And so you have to stop and you have to ask yourself, well, who are you going to serve? What master do you want to serve? Because the Bible says you can't serve two masters or you're going to love one and you'll hate the other. You can't serve the flesh and, and serve God at the same time, and you have to choose. Do you want your thoughts of the thoughts of your life to be on the world around you and on the things of the world and the desires of the world, or do you want your heart and your mind and your thoughts to be on the living God and on things that are eternal 
we're seated with Christ. It says, for the carnal mind is, is to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body and you will live for as many are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out abba father the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You know, um, something I was like thinking about with the Lord is that, um, you know, a lot of people don't really grasp and understand the simplicity and yet the com complexity of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, what it means to be free to sin, I mean free of sin, what it means to walk in the newness of life. It means that your sins were crucified and the chains and the bondages have been broken and you have the ability to walk in the Spirit. It means you have the ability to be in his presence. It means the ability you have the ability to walk in the newness of life. It says in Romans eight eighteen, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So the long story short, um you know, whatever your, whatever sin you have, um, confess it to the Lord. The Bible says He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But don't take your sin and and use it as a way to um, discredit the Word of God or proclaim that the Word of God is not true because it doesn't suit your lifestyle. A lot of people go to churches and and I, you know, it's it's good to go to church. The Bible says, "Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together with the brethren." You know, it's good to be around Christians. Um, I mean, it's vital to be around those of like faith, who have the same mind, who have the same heart, um, because we're supposed to walk in a spirit of unity. And um, and there's nothing wrong with going to church, but you know, sometimes people go to churches because they want to, like the Bible says, they want their ears tickled, they want the nice, simple message that will make them feel all good and happy so they can get up and they go on and lead their life. And they go into church and they go through a routine and it's, and becomes a ritual that they can set their watch by and they leave the church and they're never changed. Well, what we need to be doing 
is finding a place where the Spirit of God dwells, where you go in and your life is changed, where you get words that actually change your life, where people aren't holding back what the Word of God declares and are speaking the Word of God in truth and not deceitfully. Um, because far too many people just want to hear something that makes them feel good and they don't want to, anything that's going to inconvenience them. But, you know, the Bible says that Christ Jesus died for our sins, to set us free from our sins, that we can walk in the newness of life, that we can have a restored relationship with the living God. So, that being said, um, I'm mumbling long enough, Paul. Um, <laughs> what nation do we got to pray for tonight? <laughs> well, let's see here. I thank you. Is kind of awesome. Whether it's yesterday, either yesterday, Tuesday, um, I was on the uh, International House of Prayer out of Kansas City, Missouri, and. I was on the intercession, live streaming between 4 and 6. And the same day that they were praying for Cairo, Egypt, we had somebody from Cairo, Egypt, go to our Prayer International website and log in to the Blog Talk Radio. Wow. Um, if you look at if you go to www.prayerinternational.org, um, you'll see that Cairo, Egypt is now lit up on there. And I don't know why, but after they were praying for Cairo, Egypt, I just have to look at it every day, every morning when I wake up, you know, I come and turn my computer on, I got... Bible Gateway and everything on here. And uh, sure enough, Cairo, Egypt was there. And I thought, wow. And it didn't dawn on me at the time. You know, I was just wowing because, um, you know, another country. You know, God, if you read, uh, kind of give you, um, we'll read something here in Isaiah. Um Forty-three, verses four through seven. Um, it says, "Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and because I love you, I will give men in return for you, and peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you." I will bring you offspring from the east where they are dispersed and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep back. Bring my sons and afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, 
who I have formed, who I have made. So as we reach out and we pray for the nations, um, we've been praying for the sovereign states. There's over 205 entries on Wikipedia of, you know, it's just an entire list of uh, sovereign nations, both sovereign and non-sovereign. There's 195, uh, 194 states that are either member states or, or observer states in the United Nations. Um, you know, the other 12 are sovereignty, whose sovereignty is disputed. So, um, you know, as we lifted up Afghanistan, Albania, Algeria, Andorra, Angola, the twin islands out there, St. John's, Antigua, and Barbuda, Argentina, we've lifted up Singapore um, because of Ophelia. Um, so, Let's go on down here and uh, look in the East, Egypt. Um, Egypt, officially the uh, Arab Republic of Egypt. Just to give you a little bit of um, top line on Egypt, is a country mainly in North Africa with the Sinai Peninsula, which forms a land bridge in the southwest Asia. Egypt is thus a transcontinental country and a major power in Africa, the Mediterranean Basin, the Middle East, and the Muslim world, covering an area about a million, 10,000 square kilometers, which in English is 390,000 square miles bordered by the Mediterranean Sea to the north, the Gaza Strip, and Israel to the northeast, and the Red Sea to the east, Sudan to the south, and Libya to the west. Um, their capital is Cairo. Dominion is Egyptian. Their legislature is Parliament, established February 28th of 1922. Um, population estimated about 81 million. 2006 says 76 million. Um, their gross domestic production is about 508. Point two five five hundred eight point two six five billion, and per capita is about six thousand three hundred sixty one. Um, currency is Egyptian pound. So let's pray over Cairo, Egypt. Heavenly Father, we thank you, precious Holy Spirit, that you have 
given us this opportunity, Lord God, to lift up your nation, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray that you pour out your spirit on Cairo, Egypt, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray that you draw out and draw near your sons and daughters out of Cairo, Egypt, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, that throughout the Middle East, Lord God, all throughout Turkey, Iraq, Egypt, Heavenly Father, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Russia, Lord God, we call in the lost, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, because your word says that you're not a man that you're going to lie. That you would pull out a fresh anointing over your sons and daughters and over the lost, Heavenly Father. That you would provide them, Heavenly Father, a fresh encounter, Lord God. That they would perceive, Heavenly Father, who you are, your knowledge. That you would abound upon them, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray, Heavenly Father, with your fresh anointing, with the revelation of God, with the knowledge of God, Heavenly Father, that you will be the driver of their soul, the driver of their heart, that you will complete and give them a supernatural emotional makeup, Heavenly Father, that you would rearrange and establish and draw them near you, Heavenly Father, that you would draw out and draw up and raise up, Heavenly Father, sons and daughters that would sow into your kingdom soil, Heavenly Father, as prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, Heavenly Father, evangelists, missionaries, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we ask you, we thank you, Lord God, that your word says that you will reign in the latter day. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your countenance, that your spirit alone, Heavenly Father, We'll draw them near, Heavenly Father. As we stand on the word of God, Heavenly Father, Isaiah 43 and 47, that it says, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and because I love you, I will begin. I will give you men in return for you and the peoples in exchange for your life. Heavenly Father, as we sow our life into this ministry, in the prayer international, Lord God, Heavenly Father, we pray that all the strongholds, the wickedness, witchcraft, depression, the poor, the lost, Heavenly Father, that you would break every stronghold and every laden, every burden in their lives, Heavenly Father, that you would draw them near, Heavenly Father, that you would wash them in the blood of Jesus, that you would sanctify them, Heavenly Father, through the adoration and love, Father, that you give us. We pray, Lord God. With your love alone, you would draw them near. That you would raise up this nation, Heavenly Father. And they would prophesy in the name of Jesus. They would come to you, Heavenly Father. You would draw them near. You would fill them with the Holy Ghost. And signs, wonders, and miracles, Heavenly Father, will follow them. To come to you, Jesus. For your word says, Heavenly Father, in John 3, 3, that they must be born again from above in order to enter 
the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Amen. Amen. So, um, we got a young man. Uh, well, Casey Colt. Um, we need to pray for Casey. Um, he's not here. He dipped in and dipped out of the chat room. But I would like to, we need to pray for him and, um, we need to pray for little one ton. Um, and what I would like to do for prayer for little one ton is if anyone knew who this man is, he has a heart as good as gold. Um, God began a new work in his life as of September 26, 2010. 2010, let's see. Yeah, 2010. And in the 16 months since he's got his life in line with the will of God and the Lord has put him on the wheel to form him as the potter. If you can just sit back and see, you know, we, as you hear me say, we are we are a seed. You know, the Lord sowed his seed into our lives 2,000 years ago. He sowed his seed, his son, Jesus, in Calvary. For all of us And out of that birth Us believers According to John 3.3 3, um, I've sat back And I've got to see with my own eyes What the Lord has done with this man's life um, He's a truck driver He drives over the road um, Everywhere he goes You know he walks the parking lots while they're loading trucks, unloading his truck. He picks up change. Um, I have a very dear lady in my life named Apostle Diane Nutt, Church of His Glory out of Rockwall, Texas. Because of the love of Jesus and Diane, I was at her church one day at a little prophetic conference, and... To watch a friend of mine lead worship, Brian Clift, and she called me off in the back row of the church, told me that the Lord had a word for me, and um, her and Sharon Westbury, and um, both of them had a word from God. Sharon Westbury gave me a word of something going on in my life that had just recently happened when she was right on target. She saw a bulldozer going through a mountainous obstruction with money flying everywhere. Um, well, the mountainous obstruction was Capitol Mountain, 
a company I was working for, and everything that we had worked so hard for um, went up in smoke. And um, but Apostle Diane Nutt told me that the Lord was preparing me to be moving in six months. That was on September 6, 2009. And on January 21st, if you read Proverbs 31, it says, Our hearts of kings are led like rivers and streams. And I got an email to move to Kansas into the heartland of the United States. And we didn't know it at the time that the word that she had given us on September 6th was birthing. Not until we was already loaded and I was picking up my printer off my desk, I found the CD of the prophetic word she spoke over my life 169 days prior of January 21st. I found it on the 25th. And I told my wife in amusement and amazed, Hey, here's that word Diane gave us. But I had no idea. I forgot all about what was on that CD. She gave me a copy of the word. And when we listened to it, we knew then for a fact that the reason why we was moving to Kansas was because of God. It was a prophetic word. We was, we was living out the fruit as it fell off the tree at that time. Long story short, if we wasn't operating in the spirit when I got the email to move to Kansas now you gotta understand to move nine hours north into a nation <laughs> you know uh, that you never lived in you know whether you want to call it a nation or a state but a state um, you know leave your family just up and leave um, it had to be God and, of course, the CD confirmed it. Here I am now living in Kansas. And I met little one ton, Ron. And, you know, uh, when I came to Christ, my wife will tell you that my language prior to that um, was pretty much horrible. Um you know, most of the language that came out of my mouth was lyrics of cussing. You know, if, if, if you ever been around anyone in the bar scene, you know, just just a heathen, you know, every time they open their mouth, they cuss, and there might be a, a couple of adjectives or nouns in there that there's not, you know, has it, 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 you know, there's not a cuss word. But when I, about a month into my walk, not even that long, um, which one of the things that led me to the Lord was a gentleman in my life that was a Christian and his language was horrible and I asked him one day, I said, How can you be a how can you call yourself a Christian? And I said, We're on the phone and we're both cussing like a bunch of idiots. And the Lord convicted him and he planted my language. Um but that right there wiped out about fifty percent of my English. Um you know, unfortunately, you know, I've I grabbed about 20% of it back, you know, and God's still working on it. You know, I have uh, certain times in my life I suffer when people make me upset, when they fail me. And 
Um, you know, God's still working on me. Um, as I tell everybody, you know, the faith that I walk in at my church, they believe that it's a free will that you can lose your salvation. So, you know, I can sit here and sew hours on the phone every night. I can cook for promise keepers. I can mow yards for widows, you know. Um, I can do all the work in the kingdom I want, but good works aren't going to get me to heaven. And I guarantee you, you know, um, sometimes my language isn't going to get me there either. Um, but so if you're, if you come knocking on my door in heaven and I'm not there, you know, don't get upset. <laughs> yeah, God's working on me. But uh, when I, I, I touched on that because when I met Ron, he opened that door and, whoa, <laughs> I thought, wow, uh, you know. And I met a man at a point in his life probably desperation uh he was honey from the rock he was a fresh cut you know somebody that was ready to just surrender to god and uh fortunately because of the bonus of god you know i asked him as rodney howard brown and christopher herzog taught me you know Hey, man, has anyone ever told you God loves you and he has a great plan for your life? And this 60-something-year-old man looked at me and he said, No. And you can tell by the way he answered me, his countenance, that the Holy Spirit just poured out on him. And no, no one's never asked me that. Um, Babylonia's dash of his 18-wheeler, he had all the equipment necessary to become a soldier, a soldier for the Lord. But you can have all the equipment, but if you don't have the right training, and until you have opened your mouth and confessed your sins, you know, and repented and asked the Lord Jesus to come into your life, you know. Once somebody explains to somebody that God the Father, who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. And people don't understand tithing sometimes. But you know, God never asked us to give anything until he gave to us. God gave us Jesus so that we could be washed in the blood in all of our sins, iniquities, all of our affirmities, according to Psalms 103.3, would be wiped away. We'd be, our sins would be white as snow. And a lot of us missed the mark. Um, God never has asked us for anything, yet he gave his son so that we would be free. And, you know, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory 
of God, which Romans 3.23 says, and Romans 6.23 says, for the wages, the consequences of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen. And as we touched on a while ago, uh, that God, if we go back to, um, I put it on the screen earlier, uh, Philippians 1, it's a thankful, thankfulness in prayer. It says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for all of you with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And this is the key here. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, for he who has begun a good work in you, Ron, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this is all for you, because I have you in my heart in as much as both as my chains, and in the defense of confirmation of the gospel, you are the partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, as Paul said, how greatly I long for you, all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And as I have watched since that man confessed his sins, I laid hands on him, and the flow of love of Jesus that flowed through my hand touched Ron on his leg, and his leg got hot. And he knew the presence of Jesus. It wasn't me. It was because God used me as a conduit to flow and touch him. And since then, he's been picking up coins out of the parking lot. He's, he's got a big old cat on his front truck that he fills up with chains for Apostle Diane Nutt. And through Larry Lee, who prophesied over Christopher, that God was raising up a prophetic generation with Christopher and that he was sowing the kingdom soil. And then Christopher's spiritual mother, Apostle Diane Nutt, who has laid on hands on him and sent him out equipped. Christopher has came to me, and through me, I have met Ron, and now Ron is going back to to the church of his glory. He's been washing clothes, sending crates of clothes out there, boxes of clothes, you know, because he operates in the spirit of excellence. What is excellence? Excellence is the highest level of quality presently available by Jesus. Not only does he send them clothes, but he washes them, folds them, puts them in a nice box to help her with her trailer park ministry, feeding the lost. Um, he sold uh, last year uh, a good portion, about three quarters of the year, 
and the Prayer International helping the Block Talk Radio cost. Um, K Love Radio. And if you look at the works that God has started in him and where he is today, now he's starting to realize, as he said to me, when you have all these things going for you, I told him, well, I've been planting seed for four years. You know, I'm, 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 I'm starting to see the sprouts come out of the ground, you know, but it's been a long haul. It's not seed harvest. It's seed time harvest. And you will go through seasons that may be dry. But what God is preparing for you down below the soil is magnificent. Because a palm tree, you know, for five years, a palm tree is growing, I forget how many feet, like 90 feet down, the root, the tap root of a palm tree is growing 90 feet deep before it ever sprouts above the ground because in that uh, um, four, first four to five years of its growth, I think it grows 90 foot. I forget, I forget how it works. Um, I'm not a, uh, you know, a arborist or nothing. So I just know the, the story. But God is preparing Ron for a harvest. And as Christopher told me, you know, the devil stole a lot from me. But God's not going to pour out his God blessing on me until he presses the world out of me. Because God's going to make sure that when he, when he opens up a supernatural window of blessing in my life, according to Malachi 310, there's no way is he going to allow me to damage the oracles of God. Because I had world in me. So, for Ron out there, you know, God's, you know, he's renewing you. He's pouring into your life. He's giving you God winks. As, as Ron called in the other night and said that he was in a big old tractor yard backing his truck up. And he couldn't even see it was pitch black. And he got out, instead of walking in the flesh, you know, suffering with Tourette syndrome because he couldn't even see the back of his truck. You know, he says, God, I can't even see. <laughs> you know? And next thing you know, he said that God, out of nowhere, gave him a moon that lit up the entire parking lot so he could back up that 45-foot trailer on that tractor trailer rig. And he thought, wow, he looked up, like, where'd that come from? He said he backed up and he got back out of the truck to look and see what was going on. He said it was completely black again. The moon was gone. <laughs> Not only that, but he couldn't even make it to his point of destination. He was in, he was in need of somebody getting in line with the guy positioning sensor in his truck, the GPS. And he bought an angel up behind him and said, hey, Triangle, do you need somebody to hitch up with you? Are you tired? He said, yeah. He said, I, he said, I can't even keep my eyes open. He said, let's go. And he went around Ron and got in front of him, and Ron was able to follow him all the way up to his point of destination. Um, and Ron said he wouldn't, he wouldn't have made his drop-off. He would have missed his appointment. And, you know, God says that, 
he provides his angels. Um, so, um, right quick, I want to pray a Psalms 91 prayer over Ron. Um, and what we're going to do, because Ron is so special, uh, I would like to just go ahead and read Psalms 91. And I ask that we all stand in agreement and that we wrap, Ron, um, in a Psalms 91 prayer in the name of Jesus. But Psalms 91, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. And for those of you that may not know the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Bible is a really long version. It, it, it breaks it up very rudimentary. It says, He who, he who, Ron who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can understand. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean on and rely on him and in him. I confidently trust. For then he will deliver you, Ron, from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you, Ron, with his pinions. And under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler for you, Ron. You, Ron, shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. Meaning whoever is in your life that has evil plots against you and slanders of the wicked, whether they're family members, whether they're Facebook friends, whether they're drivers on the road, whether they're four-wheelers, whoever they are that may be causing you grief that flies by day, that God will devour them, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction of the sudden death that surprises and lay waste at noonday, says right here, Ron, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the most high, as your witness to the reward of the wicked. But you, Ron, have made the Lord your refuge, and he's going to reward you. Exceedingly abundantly, what more you can ever imagine. And the most high will be your dwelling place. Therefore, no evil shall befall you, or no plague shall or calamity come near you in your tent. For he will give his angels over you, Ron, a special charge over you, Ron, to accompany you and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Now it says, in all your ways of obedience and service. So every time we, as believers, step out of the will of God and walk into disobedience and walk out of his service 
You know, the Bible says in 962 of Luke that he who puts his hands on the plow and looks back that you're not fit for the kingdom. So walk in obedience and continue in your service and don't let the devil distract you. It says in verse 12 that they shall bury you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread on a line. You shall tread on a line and a ladder. The young lion and the serpent shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. Talking about you, Ron. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he knows and understands my name. Has a personal knowledge and a high mercy. Has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love and kindness. Trust and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, ever. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Just as you called upon him, needing light, he gave it to you. I will be with him in trouble. I will I will deliver him and honor him. He shall call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. That's what it says. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Ron. As we wrap him in a prayer of Psalms 91, we ask you, Heavenly Father, to continue to rearrange his emotional makeup, Heavenly Father. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that you continue to pour out your spirit on him, Heavenly Father, as a knowledge of God, that you will be the driver of his heart, that you will be the driver of his heart, that you will be the driver of his heart, Heavenly Father, that he will set your eye, his eyes upon you, Heavenly Father, and let you be the leader in his life. Heavenly Father, as we lift Ron up to you, Heavenly Father, we pray that he will prophesy to the nations, Heavenly Father, as he sows seed, as he continues to sow seed into your royal kingdom, Heavenly Father. Your word says that you called him out of darkness into, his, into your royal priesthood, Heavenly Father. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you draw him closer to you, that you give him revelation, Heavenly Father, that you give him fresh encounters, that you pour out your anointing on his life, Heavenly Father. If we stand on the word of God in Psalms 103.3, Lord God, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you pour out a fresh anointing of healing on him, Heavenly Father. We pray in 1 Peter 2.24 that you, by, his, by Jesus' stripes, that he's healed. His arms, Heavenly Father, we pray over his arms, over his shoulders. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you rebuild a supernatural creative miracle over his arms, his shoulders, his rotator joints, in the name of Jesus, from the sole of his crown, from the crown of his head, Heavenly Father, to the soles of his feet, Heavenly Father. We ask you, Father, to do a restoration, a complete remake of his makeover, Heavenly Father, that all his blood cells, we increase laminin, we increase laminin in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Lord God, as you send him out into the nations, Heavenly Father. We pray that he will preach the gospel and that he will raise up a prophetic generation, Heavenly Father, of apostles, Heavenly Father, of pastors, teachers, uh, evangelists, missionaries, Heavenly Father, through his preaching in the name of Jesus. Ron, we love you. And to God be all the glory. Hallelujah. Sean, you have it. Okay, everybody. Well, our... Um, 
Once again, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call. Um, if you can't call us or you can't get on, you can't get to us, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. And until then, um, we'll be praying for all of you. And have a good night.